You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. And Brenthurst Wealth is South Africa's top boutique wealth manager. With me from Brenthurst Wealth in Pretoria today is Tanita Conradi. We're going to talk about offshore investing. And Tanita, this is something that is so pertinent, and I've spoken about it so many times before, but it seems to be coming more pertinent all the time. And also, we'll come to this later, a little bit more contentious as well because of maybe new rules coming in. But for now, let's have a look at the different ways that you can invest. Direct versus indirect is the subject of the article that you sent me. Do you want to start with direct yes thank you lindsay well um yes there are two options available for clients to invest offshore so if they want to you know invest in a direct offshore investment this effectively means that the funds are converted you know their rands are converted into the foreign currency and that the funds are physically transferred uh, from south africa into a foreign domiciled investment. So, um, yeah, this would uh, typically be appropriate for people who plan on immigrating. And also, you know, if uh, people have children who want to study overseas, it's quite ideal to have this sort of, uh, you know, offshore uh, investment um, structure in place. Okay, so you legally take money out of South Africa, it gets put in a foreign bank account, and then you can then transfer it to a money manager, a fund manager of your choice. Brentos Wealth comes in there and advises you on that. Uh, but then it's a direct investment, not managed by you, but managed by somebody else. But it's, um, it's something that is done by you. Yes, yes. So we would uh, look at the client's total portfolio, uh, we would uh, see what the needs are, um, you know, when the funds uh, would be needed, because we don't usually uh, recommend, say, you would want uh, to use the funds uh, within seven years. Then maybe we would rather look at a more conservative investment. But let's say they have a, you know, a investment horizon of seven plus years. We would look at their total portfolio, understand uh, what risk they are comfortable with. And then we would um, recommend a, a portfolio for them, the offshore investment, uh, you know, structure. We would um, advise them on the best portfolio. Um, if they des- decide to go ahead uh, with us, our portfolio, then we would help them with the uh, administration, you know, of getting the funds uh, offshore and into the foreign investment. And then um, we would also, you know, give feedback on the portfolio on an annual basis. And um, yes, so basically, uh, we help them with the process, but we have uh, offshore asset managers that uh, manage the funds and they change the, you know, asset allocation and sector allocation as they see it, you know, when it's necessary or, you know, as the economy changes they would uh, manage it in that way and make the recommended uh, changes as they go on. Okay, let's talk about sums now, the amount of money. We'll talk about the one million a year is something that is interesting uh, and hasn't been affected by recent proposed legislation changes. Uh, But the uh, the 10 million a year has been. But anyway, at the moment, just tell us exactly how much per year we can send out of the country. 
Yes, so um, generally speaking, um, South Africans uh, are able to invest up to 11 million per year, uh, well, per calendar year. Um, and this would include the single discretionary allowance as it is now, is the 1 million rand. And then they can also um, uh, in a, uh, invest an additional uh, 10 million rand, but that would be, um, that would have to be approved by SARS. And um, they, you, they would have to apply for a foreign investment allowance. But should a client, you know, want to invest more than one million, we are able to assist them with the whole process. Yeah. With the one million, you don't need a tax clearance certificate, as far as I understand. With the 10 million, you do. And obviously, if you've got your affairs in order, then that's pretty easy. One of the paragraphs that you put in your article, uh, Tanita, is what are the tax implications? Maybe you could cover that. Yes, yeah, so um, whether it's a, we can discuss it just now, the indirect investment. Yes. Um, but um, whether it's the direct offshore investment or the indirect in offshore investment, um, there will always be interest, dividends and capital gains tax applicable. So that is, you know, when they, um, the funds are, or the investment portfolio is sold or if there are any changes made within the portfolio, um, you know, capital gains tax would be triggered. And um, we, we always advise clients that they should uh, declare, uh, you know, annually uh, to SARS if there were any uh, CGT uh, events. Yes. But let's say if, if it's a endowment um, that would work completely different, um, they wouldn't need to, you know, declare to SARS because the, the tax is already... Uh, deducted within the portfolio. So this is not applicable on endowment products, but all a direct offshore um, discretionary investments. So you send money out of South Africa legally, of course, yeah, up to 11 million a year, if you're lucky enough to have that amount of money. So you have to pay tax on the money that you make with that offshore investment. What about the tax treatment of the country in which you've invested for example you go to the united kingdom and you put it in with a uk portfolio manager you make some money so you have two potential tax implications is that correct yes well you know when we advise an appropriate portfolio um, we would always uh, show them what would be the applicable costs and um, what the taxes would be um, many countries have like a, a double taxation agreement, but um, yeah, if we invest the funds in a recommended, you know, offshore structure and they are, live in South Africa, they would be taxed as a South African, you know, resident. So we, we show that to the clients, all the applicable taxes and costs that would be, um, you know, that they would have to take into account if they do decide to go ahead with a investment. Okay, so there's lots of things to consider. And as long as you have your affairs in order and you have a reputable uh, financial advisor, then it's it's not difficult. It's not easy either, but I mean, it's, it's not difficult and you can get through it with help, of course. Now, what about indirect offshore investing? What is that, please, Tanita? Yes, so, um, you know, if a, if a client... Um, uh, if they want more offshore exposure in their portfolio, but they don't necessarily have a big lump sum available, um, because sometimes it can be a bit expensive uh, investing directly offshore, um, we would then look at uh, indirect offshore investment. Um, this basically means it's a RAND-based offshore investment, 
and they don't have to convert the funds into another currency. It's a local investment, but they use the the company where they invest. Um, they usually talk about a Lisp platform. Yeah. Um, they use their mandate to invest in foreign assets. Um, so they use, you know, their foreign exchange capacity so they don't have to convert their funds and they also don't have a limit on how much they would you know uh, how much they can invest in direct uh, offshore investment and they also usually talk about an asset swap because you're using you know the the lisp uh, platform company you're using their mandate um, so they talk about an asset swap investment so this is um, very um, ideal for um, someone who's just started working and wants to make a monthly contribution who has a long-term investment horizon, then you can um, invest that monthly debit order. You can uh, invest in an offshore um, fund, but indirectly. Okay, so anyone can do it. I mean, you don't have to be a multimillionaire in order to do it. You can start investing offshore uh, through an indirect route. Is that right? Yes, yes, that's correct. So it's um, it's, it's very useful um, for many, many people. Um, also, uh, you know, pension funds or retirement funds, um, they would uh, typically use this method because um, according to the Pension Funds Act, uh, you, you can't uh, invest funds directly offshore, you know, if you have a retirement fund. So, but if you want some offshore exposure uh, in your retirement fund, depending on, you know, the income requirements, um, they would uh, use the asset swap method. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a it's an excellent way of creating that diversity, you know, uh, in their portfolio. And as you said, you know, it's, it's it can be for anyone. You don't have to have a lot of money to invest uh, through an asset swap investment. But the money hasn't gone overseas, has it? It's gone overseas to invest, but it is essentially still a RAND asset that you've got. I mean, the money doesn't stay over there. It comes back to South Africa. It's it's still your your RAND. And therefore, there are, of course, currency implications, Tanita. Yes, yes. No, that is definitely a big risk, especially the RAND is very volatile. Um, and we've also seen it recently, um, you know, with all the Eskom situations. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is definitely something that they would have to take into account. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's good to still have this type of exposure um, to try and have that diversity in your portfolio. But, um, yeah, if, if you do invest in this way, the RANDs would have to come back um, and be paid out, you know, to South African bank account. But if you invest directly offshore, um, you can pay it out to any offshore bank account in your own name. Okay, good. So there are ways of getting offshore if you want to. Uh, one thing that uh, has come up recently, which your colleague Magnus Haystack flagged quite a while ago, and he was ahead of his time actually when it came to this, but it's suddenly come to fruition, Tanita, is that uh, there have been certain restrictions or certain sort of hurdles put in the way of the 10 million per year that wealthy South Africans are allowed to send out. What is your view on this one? Because in a sense, the authorities are making it a little bit more difficult to do so, to send that money out, that is. Yes, yes. Um, it, it does make it a bit more difficult, especially uh, because, uh, the, you know, South Africa has been grey listed. Um, so I think South Africa understands that um, you know, if by by losing funds uh, offshore, they have to put in more restrictions 
uh, on, you know, uh, certain allowances. So it is definitely uh, something that investors should be aware of. But um, if uh, they can't invest a lump sum at the moment, then then the asset swap method would be a way of spreading the risk. But um, yes, uh, that that is something that's concerning. And I think that is also why we've had so many inquiries um, about these offshore investments and the different ways that they can invest offshore. Um, So we've been quite busy and that's why I thought, you know, it would be a good topic to discuss today is, you know, the offshore investments. But it's also important that they, (laughs) sorry, yes, Mm, they're important that they know the reason for investing offshore and when it is appropriate. Well, I think it's a very appropriate subject. And uh, the one thing I was going to ask you, which you sort of started to answer before I'd asked it, and that is to need to how much of a surge in interest has there been since the RAND started really? It's always been weak. It's a structurally weak currency. But since it's sort of in the last uh, a few months started to get even more of a momentum to the downside, how much more of a momentum have you had from people wanting to go offshore that Brent has wealth? It has really been um, quite busy <laughs> from the beginning of this year, especially since the, the grey listing um, also uh, was announced and um, when the RAND weakened. Yeah, there were a lot of reasons for that too, uh, mainly load shedding, but it's really picked up and we are all quite busy at the moment trying to look at uh, different options for our clients. Very good. Thanks very much for your advice and your analysis, Tanita. That's Tanita Conradi from Brentos Wealth in Pretoria, and that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.